The time has come to get ready for the 2022 World Cup. And what better way to prepare than by revisiting the World Cup's most amazing goals? I'm Brian Phillips. I'm making a podcast about the history of the Men's World Cup, told through the stories of 22 iconic goals. The show's called 22 Goals. It's out now on the Ringer Podcast Network, and we're having so much fun. It's the Ringers Philly special presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here, and you can bet on the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all in one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit theringer.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit theringer.com slash RG. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC slim fit trouser. But I am a joggers guy. I just... Once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. Welcome to the Ringers Philly Special. I'm Shiel Kapadia. And what is the point of even having a Philly sports podcast if you're not going to talk about a game like the one we saw today as the Philadelphia Phillies rally against the St. Louis Cardinals in the ninth inning? Amazing game to talk about it is my friend from CBS3, Pat Gallon. Pat, we're like, what, three, four hours from when that game ended? Are you still, you look like you're still working. Are you buzzing like I'm buzzing right now? I, I am still working. Uh, I'm here all night, but I, the whole newsroom was just going absolutely berserk after that, that, during that ninth inning and after. But before that ninth inning, were you oh. not thinking like, it's the same old Phillies, man. Like, you got to be kidding me, right? And then it's just euphoria. It makes no sense. I, I had forgotten what it's like to watch playoff baseball. I mean, it is agonizing. Like, the way I was describing it is you're just, you just have this feeling that something terrible is about to happen basically the entire time until something good happens. And you're not sure if something good is ever going to happen. It's every pitch. It's every at bat. Like when the Cardinals are up in a high leverage situation, I'm just going, you, like I would, you know, bet all kinds of money that the guy's going to come through and hit a home run, do whatever. And then when the Phillies are up in a high leverage situation, I'm just like, all right, is it going to be a double play or is it going to be a strikeout? It's going to be one of the two. I'm sure of it. You're just telling yourself that in your head over and over again. It's been a while for us. It's been, it's been 11 years since we remembered what this feeling was like 
You know, that that sort of negativity you can only be born with. You can only have it if you are, quote unquote, from here. Uh, that's in the DNA and you can't get rid of it. It doesn't matter. We, we could win 10 straight championships here in this town and we would still think of things in that way because it is just born into us. But that's that's funny. I know that a lot of people here in this very newsroom uh, were thinking that that same thing. Like, oh, here we go. Same old fourth inning. Yeah. All right. Runner on, Bohm gets the third. Nope, never going to get home. It's just, it's the way we're built. But um, I certainly did not see that ninth inning coming. I can tell you that. Oh my gosh, let's talk about it. The, the ninth inning, yeah. So for 25 outs, I mean, they just looked, it was like, oh gosh, they have no chance. It felt like they had no chance. It's not like they were leaving all kinds of guys on base or getting bad luck or anything. I mean, I think they had five innings where they just went one, two, three. And like, if you went to the bathroom or went to get a snack, I mean, you would have missed their entire <laughs> half of the inning. So tell me you're, you know, I'm interested in like, yeah, where you were watching, who was around you. Tell me about the top of the ninth inning, just what's going through your head. What's your confidence level uh, as, as they go in there down to nothing? You know, what's, what's cool is that we are on air here at CBS three at the same time. Okay. And we have our sports blocks built at a certain time. And we were just waiting for that, for that game to, uh, to go final so that we could finish the cutting the clip. And then I would jump into the studio, go on air. And as soon as it was done, I would do, you know, the, the sports block. And so I'm, I was just literally running around here like a madman, like going from my desk to the studio, back and forth. Do we have like a, a satellite uh, desk behind the studio, which is where we do things quickly. So I didn't have a chance to like fully immerse myself in it because at the same time as I'm watching it, I'm thinking, all right, we might have to run this play. Uh, what, what am I going to say if this is yeah, what Yeah, you're use? working. And at, at one point, we were doing an Eagles story prior to the end of the, the Phillies game. And in the studio, you would think like, you know, there's TVs everywhere, but we couldn't have any of them on the Phillies game on. So I had my phone out, but our, our desk is glass. And so I had the phone underneath the desk, under the glass, watching it as my co-anchor, uh, Jessica Cartaglia, was doing like the news. And she's doing these very serious stories next to me. And I'm going... <laughs> It's going nuts. And I'm trying this not to audio, make any, So you won't I'm, be able to see that, but yeah, oh, yeah. that's going nuts. That's yeah. it. Yeah, you won't. I'm trying not to uh, to to blow up like in the studio while she's doing her very serious news stories. Um, but it was, uh, yeah, going going through my mind was a, a in, going into that inning was here we go again, down one nothing. They're never going to come back from this. And then as the inning is progressing, I'm more and more. I'm like free. I'm like I, I just cannot believe that I am I'm seeing this happen. So. Um, yeah, what a, what a cool and and you know we both have really cool jobs and to be like you know we're immersed in it and during a time like this when you get a game like that there's there's no better feeling in the yes. world in that you know that in two minutes after the game you're gonna be on air doing a highlight talking about it it's what I've always wanted to do and like I, I got to do it tonight it's so cool. Yeah, for me, I felt this is like the most I felt like a fan in a really long time. You know, like like Eagles games, I'm doing, you know, what you're talking about. I'm like, all right, what am I going to talk about on the podcast? What are my takes? What am I going to write about? How am I going to analyze this? I don't, I'm not, I don't, I like I said, I said this, I think on one of our first podcasts, someone said, come on, you're, you're still a fan. And the truth is I'm not like, I just look at it and I'm analyzing it. But uh, 
for the Phillies and for this game. And I don't know, there was something about uh, when we did the podcast earlier this week, previewing the series and I was getting really excited. I went over and I watched with my dad today. Uh, it's an afternoon game. So the, the girls were at school. So I'm like, all right, I'll go over and watch with him. And I was just like on the edge of my seat uh, the entire time, the intensity, uh, the just agonizing, like I said, every bat, every inning. And so the top of the ninth, I was just like, all right, this sort of feels like in 2007 when they made it and they played the Rockies, I went to that game one and I think they had four hits in that game and they were just like never really in it. And you're just like, all right, this is, you know, you come off that high of being so excited that they're in the postseason and they don't do anything. And I'm like, this kind of feels like that. Like they just, they don't have it. You know, they'll probably lose tomorrow, whatever they got. And you start rationalizing in your head, all those things. Well, it was a good season. At least they got in. Because think about the circumstances. They had two hits up to that point. Like I said, they were going one, two, three, five innings. And the, the Cardinals reliever, Helsley, who was still in the game, I mean, he had struck Marsh out and Schwarber had hit a weak pop-up. Like, he looked unhittable. unhittable. You know, He's Thompson throwing like 102. It was oh, my gosh. It was like they have uh, no chance. I saw Matt Gelb had tweeted out, their one through five hitters going into the ninth were 0 for 16 with four strikeouts. And so like, it wasn't just in our heads, you know, it was just like, they're not doing anything here. Um, and then Hoskins strikes out swinging. Real Muto has the single and you know, there you're like, okay, you know, maybe there's a miracle. They've got the tying run at the plate. I thought uh, Bryce Harper's at bat was huge because I don't know how you felt. He was 0 for three up to that point, And just the shots of him in the dugout, you know, it's fun to pay Play body language, doctor. Once in a while, right? <laughs> right. I'm just looking at him, going, "Oh my gosh!" And I know he's playing injured. He looks like he has no confidence. He looks shook here. I mean, A. Rod's analyzing his at bat, and you know, not crushing him, but sort of being like, he, you know, he doesn't have it right now. Look at the way, uh, sure, he's he, he's swinging. I mean, did you feel? Did you get like? I thought Harper was one of the most interesting guys just going into this series because series like these can be legacy builders. You know, you can suck for all of September right. and October and have a good 48 hours. And all of a sudden we're talking about you 10 years from now. I mean, what was your sort of take uh, on just Harper going into this game, going into that at bat? And did, did you kind of see it the same way I did? Yeah, you know, specifically that at bat, I was really focused on him. And I noticed that he seemed so calm in that, and, and it's Bryce, right? Like he always kind of seems that way, but he, he took a pitch. It was like 102 on the out, outer corner that was a ball. And the way that he just so like calmly put his bat down, readjusted his gloves, got back in there, I actually felt in that moment that something good was going to happen. I didn't, I didn't necessarily think he was going to hit it like a game time right. home run, but he it just felt like that was a moment where Bryce Harper had to be Bryce Harper. That That's why you pay him $330 million is to get on base in a moment like that. Would I have liked to see him double off the wall? Absolutely. But for what the guy was giving him, for what Helsley was giving him, that was the perfect at bat, right? Because he yeah. really wasn't giving him much to hit there and he did not chase, uh, was it a 3-2 slider to, to walk on? Like that was yeah. a perfect at bat. And that might be the kind of a bat for Bryce Harper that springs good things moving forward. You never know what a guy's going through bat, at bat to at bat, uh, pitch to pitch in the major leagues. It's such a, a roller coaster. It's up and down. But I, I feel like that could be the springboard for him to, I mean, I don't know where the series is going to go, but at least for tomorrow, that, that's got to give him great confidence going into Saturday night's game. 
Yeah, I mean, it was, it, it was a one-two count. And given the way his first three at-bats went, I was just like, oh, gosh, this is not going to go well. And then, like you said, he's just patient. Three straight balls. He walks. And then you're starting to feel it a little bit. Okay, they've got uh, they've got two men on. Let's see here. It's not Well, and because over that's a moment. Right. And that's a moment where a guy like him could try to do too much, right? You yes. want to play the hero. You want to hit one out of the park. You want to swing out of your cleats. But he didn't do that. And and props to him for not going down that road where so many star players might, you know, you might feel the pressure. Look, he, he, Bryce Harper in the postseason, they don't know each other very well, right? right. So that, that's a moment that he probably is thinking like, this could be part of my legacy, so to speak. And, you know, it's not, again, not a game tying home run, but that, that's just few guys in that situation have as keen an eye. And that to me was really impressive. Yeah, no, it's uh, and it must suck to DH when you're not like hitting well and you're someone like him. You know what I mean? You like go up there once, you hit, and then you're just in the dugout for so long, like you're not in the game, and then you go up and hit again, and you don't hit, and you and you're doing it like, oh my gosh, I am very mentally <laughs> fragile, Pat. I don't know about you. I know you and Kyle Lowry oh, same. Uh, back in the day, you know, dominated. <laughs> you you probably have his mental toughness, but uh, I don't. Back, back nope. High school, it was right. High school, high school basketball with Kyle Lowry. Is that right? I remember. That's right. Yeah. Pictures. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, all right. So you don't have his mental toughness, but yeah, I'm whether if it's just the golf course playing, you know, tennis with a friend, like whatever in those high pressure situations, like in my head, I'm like, all right, how am I going to fold? It's not like, how am I going to battle through this? So when I watch Harper like that, I'm just like, oh my gosh, that's so much pressure. So then Castellanos comes up and, and that's where it felt like, all right, Helsley's kind of losing it a little bit. Like he's either feeling it or he's injured or uh, it's, it, he walks him on five pitches. Like I didn't have a lot of confidence that Castellanos was going to come up in a big spot, but he kind of just had to be patient and wait. And so he walks on five pitches. And that's when you go, wait a minute. Like, you know, we, we've watched relief pitchers before when stuff starts happening in a big spot. And I know, you know, he had the injury there, but that's when I started really like kind of getting excited. Like, okay, this... Uh, this actually might be happening here. Alec Bohm comes up. This, this was like the funniest part of the game because he gets nailed by a 101 mile per hour fastball and the guy just starts clapping, starts fist bumping. Let's go. This is awesome. And, and now you're going nuts as a Phillies fan because you're like, all right, this reliever's absolutely lost it. They don't, they don't even have to get hits. They're just getting on base. Yeah, I mean, yeah, everyone saw that Bohm getting hit the same way, right? It's like, I guess that didn't hurt that much. You're really excited right now. <laughs> that, yeah, no thanks. <laughs> I mean, I guess in that situation, if you got to get hit by a pitch, I would rather it not, I'd rather it be maybe a slider or a curveball, but oh uh, you're gosh. taking 101 like that and reacting that way, that, that you just know the adrenaline's pumping and you know how big the moment is when you can take that and you're like, let's effing go, right? <laughs> oh my gosh. That, that, yeah. So that, that's when I'm like, I'm going nuts at this point. Like, are they, are they actually going to do this? And then Gene Segura comes up, Segura. the guy who, what is it? 1300 games. Is that what it was? The, the drought. Yeah. And he's in this spot and he hits the single. I mean, it's like the two hits they got. I mean, they were, I guess they both counted as hits. Like these were not lasers. These were not line drives. These were not no doubters. Even the Segura one, you're kind of like, wait a minute, is that getting past the second baseman or is that going to turn into uh, an out there? But it gets through and they have uh, and they have a couple of guys score there and take the lead three to two. Unbelievable. Uh, un unreal. And only one for each team. 
uh, one extra base hit, the bone double, the Yepes yes. home run, which we were, I know that it was like, you, you've got to be, that was, that was the moment where you're like, this is so Phillies where Wheeler is like lights out for over yes. six innings. And then it's that situation where you're thinking, all right, this is a coin flip. You're taking Wheeler out. There's some part of the fan base that's probably like, don't do it. Don't do it. He's cruising. Then there's the other side who's like, okay, I get it. The numbers and all that. And then Jose Alvarado, who has been oh as unhittable gosh. as any pitcher in the major leagues. I think Jason Stark posted since August, he's given up one run since August 1st. And that, of course, is what happens. And and But that is why Philly fans think the way they do, because in a situation like that, you've got a guy that cannot be hit. And it, there's a two-run home run by Yepes, and and that's where everyone thought, you know what, forget this. This one's over. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York, we want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. Yeah, absolutely. My, my dad at that uh, moment, let me see, I wrote it you know, down here somewhere i mean the alvarado gives up the uh gives up the home run and he's just he's just like oh my he's like i knew it i never liked alvarado (laughs) this guy has been lights out like you just said i mean he's a big reason uh you know why they played so well a big reason why their bullpen felt fixed was because how he had played there and so uh yeah that was Mm. That was wild that Segura gets the gets the single there. And I remember Segura said, you know, reading the articles leading up to the series, said, I think someone had asked him, like, do you feel like you have nothing to lose? And he's like, no, we have a lot to lose. Like, I know <laughs> how long it takes to get here. You know what I mean? It's like nothing's promised. And so uh, I thought that was an interesting sort of angle he had because they were underdogs coming into it. And I was kind of looking at it like, yeah, they've got – nothing to lose, but he kind of was not about that underdog mentality. He was like, we're in, we have an opportunity. I know that we may never have an opportunity again. And so uh, we've got a lot to lose here after Segura. I like that. Yeah. 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 That that was interesting. It's rare to hear athletes talk like that. Yeah, it is. Um, But that's kind of cool. And and I love that Segura has finally gotten there and i love that he had such a big hit in in a, in a huge spot and you could see by the way he reacted you know kicking his legs up down down yes. the first base line was really cool um but that's got to be unimaginable i mean he's played on some pretty good teams over the course of his career to go 13 i think it was like 1327 games or something oh insane and and not sniff the playoffs i wonder how that eats at you as as a competitor and as a pretty good player, you know, he's been an all-star in the past. He's right. been a 300 hitter. Um, 
But there, I mean, that just goes to show you that baseball is such a team sport that uh, so much has to go right to, to get in that situation. Um, but, but kudos to him and, and Stott and, you know, the guys at the bottom of the order really, yes, really were the ones that, that pushed this, this win for the Phillies. Yeah. Stott, Stott with the fielder's choice that slide by, uh, slide by Sosa at home plate. I mean, that was fantastic watching, you know, he kind of put his arms out, uh, afterwards after he got in, that was beautiful. That ended up being the game winning run. I mean, if he's just a, what a half second late there or doesn't get there when he does and gets tagged. Who knows how that game ended? And then the next hit, I mean, Marsh with the chopper to Arenado. I mean, I had to look and I was so confused. I wait, that got through? It looks like it's hit right through him. It eats him up. It eats him up at third base and gets past him. I mean, did you kind of do a double take in that spot? I like, I couldn't believe I didn't know what was happening. I'm like, this looks like a root, not a routine, but like a play that he's going to make. I I went back because we were like scrambling here to get those highlights on the air. And I did like a, I looked in like this, like it, what? No, that could have been Arenado. And I watched it again. I'm like, oh my God, how Nolan Arenado makes that play. You would think a thousand times out of a thousand, right? Today was not that day. And and that stat, I don't know if you heard that. I think they ran it right before the, uh, before the ninth inning, that the Cardinals had won 93 straight games yeah. in the postseason while leading by two runs or more in the ninth inning. That's like, <laughs> you can't script it any any better than that. As children of the Mitch Williams, Joe Carter, I mean, I mean how is that possible? <laughs> I was like, what? How is that even a stat? That cannot be possible. They've never had their heartbreak like that in a ninth inning before. Cardinals fans, I, 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 like, I couldn't believe when that stat flashed across the screen so you get I've always been so jealous of the Cardinals and like the stability that they've always had with their pitching staff you know they have Molina back there for like 32 years he and and Wainwright still doing it I know he's retiring but he's still decent at 40 and it's like something magical goes on with these Cardinals right like every year they might be it might be like mid-July they might be six and a half games out in the central you're like, they're going to win. They're going to win the Central. You know they're going to make it to the postseason, and they do every year. They just, I don't know if it's the farm system, if it's the coaching, if it's just it's good drafting. I mean, they just always seem to put the right pieces in the right place at the right time. And that is a game today that, again, like a 1,000 times out of a 1,000, you'd say the Cardinals, are, I mean, obviously they're going to win that 93 times out of 93. Yeah. yeah. And, and for the, it's just so mind-blowing that they pulled that off. Uh, unreal. Yeah. It, it almost felt like, yeah, the team should have been reversed there. The Cardinals coming back, the Phillies blowing it. Then we could have come on here and just ripped them and been like, oh, well, you know, here, here they go again. But they were on the other uh, end of it. And so Helsley, I guess, experiencing numbness in the finger, a little stall tactic. You know, once they came out, it's like, come on, you're not going to leave him in the game. What, what are we doing here? But they let, yeah, but they let them do that. They make the pitching change. Schwarber uh, tacks on the sack fly there. Then we go to the bottom of the ninth, and I guess, you know, Zach Eflin is just the closer now. And Zach Eflin uh, comes in to, <laughs> to close the game. It got a little, you know, a little shaky. They brought the, the tying run to the plate there, but he gets, uh, he gets Molina swinging on the, uh, on the last pitch there. And, I mean, I, yeah, I was, like, literally jumping off the couch, going nuts there at times in the ninth inning. Just, uh, just an absolutely 
incredible performance from the Phils. A uh, couple other things I wanted to get to. Other key moments in the game, and I wonder if there's anything that, that stuck out to you. I, I, I didn't prep you for this. I mean, you're, you're nice to just come on on a Friday night and do some improv. So I'll give you some of mine. Uh, Arenado in the fourth, that ball he hit, I mean, how did that? I thought that ball was gone. I thought that was a home run off the bat and the way they're calling it, and that somehow stayed in the park. That and and that right there is another moment where you're like, base like postseason baseball, man. Like anything can happen here. Yeah. That I, again, like I hate to say a thousand times, you would think like that's a home run. That feels like a home run. Right. And on this day, it it wasn't for for whatever reason that that was a good one. I also look at like, I, I this isn't a particular spot in the game, but when I you, you mentioned the stat right off the top from from Gelb who who wrote that the top of the order was like oh for 16 or whatever it was before then what bodes well i think is that the bottom of the order you're you're not going to get that kind of game from your you know your your 6 7 8 9 hitters very often and so i think that bodes well for for tomorrow night that you would think at least one of Schwarber, Hoskins, Real Muto, Harper yeah. is going to have a key hit um the, the way that that Schwarber was swinging um Today, we looked like a completely different person from the way he was swinging at the end of the year. But I think that that's actually kind of a, a good thing that you can, um, you know, you don't want to rely on the bottom of the order. But in a moment like that where they needed them to step forward, they they did it. So you, you'd think game two, one of those guys is going to have a, a huge, huge hit or multiple guys you'd think might have yeah. a, a huge hit. Law of averages. They're going to get at least, you know, two more chances for it. And you're going to get at least, what, eight, eight, nine at bats. Over the next two nights, someone come through in a big spot. Uh, another one I thought, bottom sixth, the uh, Cardinals have two on, nobody out for Albert Pujols. Scoreless yes. game. I mean, I was 100% sure he was coming through. Couldn't you just see the story? Oh, my gosh, Pujols, the crowd goes nuts. His yep. last year, he drives in uh, a run there, and he grounds into a double play. And it was like the slowest, like, you know, you could tell. It was just like, oh, we've, we've got time to turn this thing. Uh, and it wasn't even close. I thought that, again, you mentioned it earlier, kudos to Wheeler. But that was pitching out of a big spot because I felt like right there that things might be, might be about to go badly for the Phillies. I think earlier in the game, I may have tweeted something about Pujols. Like, it's not often that a 42-year-old baseball player scares you in a moment like this. But right. I was like, legitimately, like, the way he finished the season, yeah, it, red hot. You, you felt like, you know, every pitch he was going to hit out of the ballpark. It was Ruthian stuff. But, um, yeah, that, that was a pretty funny double play that they could have, like, underhanded it from second to first and they still would have gotten him. <laughs> I do love these old guys. As an old guy uh, myself, now I do love the you know the Pujols and the Brady still being out there. I'm like, all right, I'm not a, you know I got a few years until 42. If he's still doing it, then you know maybe, maybe yeah. I but then so <laughs> you know it's funny. I thought that too. I'm like, yeah, I feel good. I'm like 38. I go out to this uh, media game that the Philadelphia Union put on every year and felt good. I'm like, ah, oh, I still got it. The next day I wake up, my knee is like blown up. I have like fluid in the side of my knee. So for Albert Pujols, I don't know what's going on there. 42, yeah. Fountain of Youth, whatever it might be. Man, awesome for him, <laughs> but awesome for the Phillies that he, he rounded into that DP. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Todd Zalecki tweeted out that John, Gene Segura's two-run single was the second go-ahead hit when trailing in the ninth inning or later in Phillies postseason history. The first was Jimmy Rollins off Jonathan Broxton in the 2009 uh, NLCS. Kevin, Nagata I was there for that game. 
Yeah. Oh my gosh, that was yeah. I, I a Kevin, friend of mine actually. This was before I was covering the team. I was like just 2009. I guess I was just like a year out of college, maybe two. Um, and he calls me at like three o'clock that afternoon. He's like, dude, I got a ticket for tonight. We sat in the 300 level and uh, Rollins hits that triple to the wall. I have never seen so many grown men hugging each other that didn't know each other than that game in, in 2009. It was one of those moments where you're like, I don't know who you are, but get over here and give me a kiss, yeah. will you? <laughs> oh my gosh, that that's awesome. Yeah, that that was a fun time when you could just at three o'clock decide what you were gonna do and do that night. You know, we're both dads now. Now I'm like, all right, I need yeah. ten days notice. Uh, we'll go for forty five <laughs> minutes. I gotta be back exactly. at, uh, at this time. So it was a different time. Uh, Kevin Nagandi tweeted out the Phillies six runs in the ninth inning were the most runs ever scored by a playoff team that was scoreless after eight innings. I mean, Jason Stark's like the king of bringing out these stats where it's just like, no matter how many years of baseball are played, there's always a chance that something's going to happen that you've never seen yep. before. And, you know, these are basically uh, a couple things here that happened. So uh, cool. Let me see. What else did I have here? A couple things to finish it off. Uh, the Cardinals. How about the Cardinals fans leaving the... Uh, stadium a little early i did did you catch that i mean my dad went from I did. Know, yelling at alvarado to yelling at the tv go home everybody as they as they shot that shot i tweeted that out and other people said yeah i was doing you know i was just basically pretending i was at the game yelling at fans uh for them to go home that's surprising though i mean i if you if you've got tickets to a playoff baseball game there can't be anything else that important that you're Doing that, that was the top of the ninth. It was, you know, what a three, uh, four run game. It wasn't like at an that point you may as well game. sit through it. You just sat through that garbage. You may as well right. hang out for a few more minutes. Yeah, I, I we we were we jumped on air and we ran the the highlight um, after they made it three two. The guy with the towel on his head that was like yeah. had his hands on his head. I'm like, that's usually us. That's <laughs> us. We feel that way. For you guys to feel that way, this is a totally different feeling, man. Yeah, it was a couple of good nights for fan shots. The Broncos fan shots were killing me on a Thursday night <laughs> during that game. And then there were some good ones of the uh, oh, Cardinals Russell. fans here. Yeah, that that was not uh, pretty. Uh, I had a couple issues with the viewing experience. I mean, there was one point it was a full count and uh, the Cardinals had a guy stealing from first to second and they went to this like shot from behind the catcher. I don't know if anyone else noticed this, but then you could not see if the pitch was a ball or a strike, and they're just kind of leaving me hanging. Don't don't do that to me, ESPN. I will say that the mic the the mic on the field was really yes. jacked up. It almost felt like a. Uh, they do that for little league for like the little league World Series, Mic'd and you up, can hear. Yeah. yeah, you can hear the the umpire make the call clear as day. I don't know that we necessarily need all that because it makes you think that every batted ball is like a a double off the bat because yes. the crack of the bat is so loud. That to me is a little bit interesting. I did find it cool. They, they showed a, a strikeout of Castellanos from the over, like the behind the um, umpire angle I thought was pretty cool. Okay. But other than that, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, I shouldn't be saying, I mean, you're in TV. I shouldn't just be criticizing, you know, broadcasts <laughs> here. I mean, what, what, what am I doing? I should know my, uh, totally no, fine. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm doing either. I just fake it till I make it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, in, in Quintana, I mean, it sounded like he was just like dropping the f bomb every time he pitched. You know, I don't know if he does. Was he or say it wasn't. Yeah, uh, that's does what I was wondering. That? Does he say the f word? I wasn't sure. 
<laughs> I had no idea. They asked A-Rod, does that distract him? He was like, no, it's not distract. I'm like, come on, that, that has to be distracting. And yeah, the ump, you could hear, he's caught, if it's a ball, he's going outside. You know, he's describing where the pitch missed. So yeah, that I didn't mind. I, I kind of liked Yeah, that was um, kind of cool that aspect of it after the segura single the scoreboard bug for a second showed four to two and i'm going wait he didn't clear the bases for that and then they switched that back to uh to three two so you know what i just have to get some viewer complaints uh out here right, did, we, <laughs> did we miss anything else pat is there anything else about this game how are you feeling about game two about game three about what we're gonna see kind of in the next 48 hours here well i mean i know it, this kind of goes without saying but you pay Zach Wheeler to pitch in a game like the way he did today. Hats off to him. He, he was fantastic. I wish that they could have given him a few more 96 pitches in six and a third. He was outstanding. Uh, sliding in there between Alvarado and Eflin was David Robertson, who pitched a clean inning, two strikeouts. I'd love to see a little bit more of that. Dude, I went to the bathroom and I come back and I go, they already have two outs. And then I was just looking at the box score and I go, wait, Robertson, what? how did he get the win? Did he even pitch to that? So I missed that. Uh, yeah, that, he made very quick work. That, that's nice to see. That, that was fantastic. And, and like I said, I think that tomorrow night, um, you would expect Hoskins or Schwarber or someone to, to have a big hit. Maybe one of these guys goes two for five or three for four or something like that. Uh, but I know that, as I mentioned, like it's in our DNA to think negatively. Yeah. I, I, I still don't, not that I don't feel good. They're up one game to nothing. I still feel good that, you know, they've got the upper hand, but this is St. Louis. It's the postseason. The Cardinals have been in these situations before. I was just having a conversation a little while ago before the game, actually, with a coworker who's a Mets fan. And he was telling me the story about how he went to, uh, ended up in, in Texas for the World Series between the Cardinals and the Rangers, the year that David Freeze hit the home run and Joe Buck says, we'll see you tomorrow night. Um, And how like those types of things don't happen to us. And I was thinking like, you know, that that's the same, this is St. Louis Cardinals, right? Like this doesn't happen to us. The Cardinals have games like that. And so there's still two games left in St. Louis. They have done this for so many years in so many different ways that like you cannot count them out. So don't don't count your chickens before they hatch. We're not moving on to Atlanta just yet because these are still the Cardinals and it's still October baseball. So anything's possible with them. It's wild. We saw that you get outplayed for eight innings and you just get that one inning and you score. So we're all going to be watching it with the same nerves and anxiousness. On Saturday night, the odds have changed. The Phillies are now minus 310 to win the series, which implies odds of like 75% that you're going to win. But you know what? 25%, that's one in four. So again, you look at it uh, that way and you don't feel that great about it. It will be Aaron Nola, of course, on the mound. All right, Pat Gallen, thank you for joining me. What can you plug? Give, give some plugs out. You're gracious enough on short notice to uh, to jump on and join me here so I didn't have to talk to myself. What uh, what, what do you got coming up? Where can What can people find from you? Well, you know what we can do is um, you can watch my podcast, which is called A Gallon of Questions Podcast on CBS Philadelphia website. You are on this week. Uh, We're we're loading up as we speak here. Uh, You and Doug Glanville. Doug Glanville was my other guest this week. Nice. Uh, Yeah, I know. I know you'd like that. That's right in our wheelhouse. Yeah, yeah, we're always, we're mentioned in the same sentence often. (laughs) Shil Kapati and Doug Glanville on the Gallon of Questions Podcast, cbsphiladelphia.com. You can also watch us on uh, on CBS3 if you're in the Philly area and, and want to check us out. We do great work. 
Absolutely. You do do great work. I've seen your career rise. It's been a it's been a pleasure uh, from our days as younger folk. And this was fun. I'm going to have to have you on uh, again here. So thank you to Pat. Definitely check out that podcast. We talked some Eagles uh, on there for sure. Solak and I will be back Sunday night to recap Eagles Cardinals. Let me know if you like the Phillies pods, if you want more of the Phillies pods. I mean, I'm not going to be doing anything Saturday night. After the game, if they win, who knows? I might just jump on here and talk by myself for 20 minutes. Thanks to everyone who's listened, rated, reviewed, all that good stuff. We will talk to you again soon on the Ringers Philly Special. There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.